Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, an answer to the question, so they'll just give an air and show to anybody, huh? My name's Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com. It's a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all of the places you watch live things. Not television, though. Or you'll just in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She's the Duchess of the Dork. She's Ashley Pickle. Hi, Ashley Pickle. Howdy, friends. You doing okay? I am doing quite well. The uh, Par 3 contest is back on. There was a weather delay, so now we're doing real well. Real well. This is a golf podcast now. Let's bring in our our in-studio guest here on this big guest week. We're joined by the director of scouting for SMU, uh, making a return trip to the podcast a year, almost a year after your your first (laughs) trip. It's Alex Brown. What's up, dude? Not much. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for coming. Do you think there's too much golf? No. There's really never enough golf. Thank you. Boom. Turn off the stream. Let's go. It's like baseball or golf. Like if you're in a football office and you're constantly like watching hours and hours and hours of tape and you walk into Coach Cooper's office and he's Mm -hmm. got, you know, the par three contest on, like that's good. Like I can actually like take a little bit of a mind break. and Look at that. Golf is good. The official stance. Now here's the thing. No, I'm terrible. I, well, (laughs) um, yeah, because, you know, you've got better things to do than play golf. Um, but I am of the belief, one of my longstanding political principles is that there should be a live sporting event on at all times 24-7. Yeah, and 65. here you are complaining so about a live sporting event being 4 on. Christmas yeah, that's a total you, Thank you. I'm glad someone but, gets it. But. No. No. It doesn't have to be golf. <laughs> okay, beggars can't be choosers, my friend. I'm ready for opening day. I'm itching for opening day. Normally, the Masters comes on. This is the Masters, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, normally, the Masters comes on, and we're already in a day with baseball, and so I can be like, all right, don't worry. I'm going to be worried about the Rangers' left field situation instead of who's going to yeah, because you're a sicko. hit a nine iron on the par seven or whatever. Um but I digress. Now it's I just I just need baseball to start um, today. Anyway, today's Wednesday, April sixth, twenty twenty two. Two hundred thirty two days till Thanksgiving. Happy birthday! Do you want to say it? To our very own Ishmael Johnson. Happy birthday, Ish! It's his birthday today. I told him that would be the last time we mentioned it. No, it um, absolutely will not be. Episode one thousand three hundred and sixty three. Uh, all right, we're continuing our guest extravaganza week by bringing in Alex Brown. Uh, thanks for making some time. I know you're busy. Uh, these are different colors than the last time that I talked with you. Yes. Uh, the last time we had you on, we've never had SMU Director of Scouting Alex Brown on. <laughs> we have had Rice Director of Player Personnel. 
recruiting recruiting director Close. of recruiting alex brown on uh you've changed gigs uh but now you're local which means you can just come in the studio now you know where we are anytime yeah. you want to just crash it's cool we'll usually have golf on I um, to say. <laughs> so i know you liked your gig at rice so what are you doing here so this was actually, SMU was the first school that I went to when I was in college my senior year. I had basically gotten every single no from all 32 NFL teams. And they, didn't, they didn't want a guy who was going to a school that didn't have a football program and had zero work experience with the team. Because you went to UTA. Because I went to UTA. And UTA, I love the maps. Awesome. Got to bring um, back that football program. Though. I know we got to. I, somebody, which camera am I on? Uh, on all of them. Anyway, <laughs> just keep going. So... Um, so I go over there, and this was right when June Jones was let go, and they were mm-hmm. in the interim phase. And I was like, hey, I want to work for free. I live right down the road. And to their credit, I mean, they were like, hey, we don't really want to bring you in when we are literally hiring a head coach right now. Mm-hmm. So if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be at University of Houston where I got my first volunteer job mm-hmm. for six months. And then Herman put me on, and we did some things over there. So it was always one that I was targeting. This is like – if they ever reached out, I would be extremely interested because I grew up in Arlington. It's right down the road. I've spent the last seven and a half years in Houston. And, you know, like my nieces and nephews are, are growing up and mm-hmm. like my brother's family and my mom and dad. So it was it was something where not only was it a step up from a football program standpoint, the prestige standpoint, um, being from the area was huge to me because I, I have roots here. I know the area. I feel like as as good as any area in the state of Texas. And when I met with Rhett Lashley, it was kind of like we both clicked. We had kind of similar thought processes on how we were going to approach the roster, approach recruiting Texas, approach just the whole SMU program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just – it all felt right. And, and that, just, that just happens every now and then. Um, and for me, it was one of those roles where now I'm really focused on the scouting world and the player personnel side. At, at Rice, I had an awesome opportunity with Coach Bloomgren. He mm-hmm. – he allowed me to to run the run the show and hire my interns and hire my assistants and that's like invaluable experience as far as being a manager and being in charge of a lot of different aspects but here we have so many people hired on our staff that now you have specific lanes and you get to like really hone in on for me like my favorite part of the job is the evaluation side of it the mm-hmm. building of the team so um, it just made so much sense across the board. So, and because and one thing we're going to do over the course of this conversation is, is probably compare SMU and Rice, right? Compare where you were to where you are now. And I guess we should start as a baseline. You didn't leave Rice because you didn't like Rice. There wasn't anything. This was just an opportunity that you couldn't pass up. Is that is that correct to say? 100%. Okay. Yeah. I, and I still love Houston. Yeah. I, I know people mm-hmm. up here are like Dallas versus Houston. I like both now. Yeah. And, and it's weird to kind of feel like I'm from both cities at this point. Um, but there was absolutely nothing wrong with that job. I, I loved it there. So you you mentioned uh, clicking with Rhett Lashley. We had him in our offices a couple of weeks ago. Three weeks ago he was in? Right? Yeah. Yeah, about him. About then. Uh, Mike Craven sat down with him. Uh, seems like a cool guy. Um, you mentioned that you guys you guys clicked. I'm interested in what your first impressions of Because I don't know if, if you'd ever met Coach Lashley before. That was your, your first meeting. I'm interested in what were your first impressions you No, know, so, so my dad uh, played baseball at Auburn. Auburn was my favorite school growing up when mm. I was a kid. So I watched him when they won the national championship with Cam. Kind of followed his career as more of a fan than anything. And uh, the job, obviously, you know, he reaches out. It's bang, bang, bang. Hey, got your name recommended can you come visit with me? 
and you go into these interviews and you're prepared with, you know, booklet, presentation, this is how I would structure it. I don't even know what job I'm interviewing for. Mm. Like, I don't know if it's personnel, scouting, recruiting. So you kind of go in with an open mind. I got to feel this guy out, see what he's about. What is he interested in me for? And I come in the office and it's literally him and Casey Woods and Kyle Cooper because they were still hiring the staff. They yeah. were still making decisions on strength coach, GAs, QC. So it was kind of an empty office. And, and you go in and I kind of have my book and, you know, your bag and you're ready to like, all right, so when, <laughs> First do, I, day when, school. when do I pull this out? <laughs> and uh, so we sit down and we start having a conversation. He's just asking me about, you know, growing up, you know, why is this job interesting to you? You know, how do you see this program? Where do you think we can be? And it, it, it kind of went to a high level conversation within like five, 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I, in, in an hour and 15 minutes, I never got to the bag. Mm -hmm. Like I never got to anything. Oh, wow. and, and for me, I wasn't sold on like, hey, I'm for sure leaving. Like there's a good chance that I don't get this job and I'm still working at Rice and we're gonna be in their conference. So I don't wanna give them like the whole recipe, mm -hmm. right? So I didn't wanna leave them with anything. Mm -hmm. And so I found out where they were staying. The the coaches, like what was their team hotel. Wow. Stay there, go down to the uh, the restaurant downstairs, wait for them. Sure enough, you know, some GAs, QC, some different people that were getting hired were there. So it was like, I got to have basically two interactions with a staff and it just felt right. Like we all meshed. Um, and in terms of kind of like the vision for the program, it, it all lined up. And so he's, as I'm leaving, he's like, so, you know, I'll, I'll give you a call in a couple of days. Like, you got any questions? And I was like, well, like, what's the timeline on this? Like, when should I hear back? He's like, well, next time I call you, you won't come back for another interview. And I was thinking, about it, like, okay, this is either really good or really yeah, bad. That's yeah, not, that can be two-sided. Like, <laughs> will there be a phone call? Basically. Yeah. Now, I want to go back to one part of your story. You said you found out where the coaches were staying, and you went to that hotel. Smart move. Are you suggesting <laughs> that you stalked your way into a job at oh, SMU? Oh, that is absolutely right. Wow. <laughs> I love the hustle. Polite persistence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the hustle. Um, okay, so so then I want to talk a little bit about the, the setup there at SMU, because it seems to me that it's a little bit different. You work with another guy named Brown yes. uh, in Boston. Bobby Brown. Not related. Uh, not related. You sure? I mean, we're all related in like the, the, the human the macro. Right. Um, but he's the director of recruiting ops. You are the director of scouting. Is there anyone else that I'm forgetting in this yes. whole stew? Yeah. So Shay Taylor's our on-campus director. Okay. So her and Bobby kind of work together in terms of like the logistics of junior days, official visits, mm -hmm. unofficial visits. And in my role, like I'm, I'm a helper in those situations, right? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to be a a big piece of it but like they're organizing it, they're constructing it so now i'm able to kind of like help in a kind of a hey in the past we've done this or i think we can do this but at the end of the day it's their call so shay's coming from arizona state obviously bobby's from air force but he's worked at unc wake forest mm -hmm. some high level programs um, scott natty is a huge piece of our recruiting uh, process and so his role is, is more so on the Dallas recruiting side. So we kind of call him our Dallas dream team. So it's mm -hmm. Scott Natty, Jordan Blake mm -hmm. played at SMU and uh, Danny Wesley. So those three guys are so connected into every single person in the DFW area that they're kind of like, hey, we came across this name or hey, this guy's coming in town. What is our approach going to be from either a recruitment standpoint or when they're actually on the visit? Um, and, uh, and then Megan Cornell is our director of external relations. And so she's kind of more involved with like the booster side of things, um, former players, mm -hmm. 
So at, at the end of the day, if you look at our staffing, like you touch every single component of what is recruiting because like recruiting is kind of this quasi, there's so many layers to it, whether it's the identifying players, the evaluating, you know, getting them on campus and getting them to actually commit. Um, there's steps to that in processes. So now you've got basically three different people who have been either director level or assistant director level people at different universities. Mm -hmm. And we kind of all get to share our, you know, collective resources on like, hey, what's the best way to do this? So it strikes me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I am a dummy. Um, yes. Um, it seems like to me that they took what your job was at Rice and they kind of split it up into a few different places because I remember in our first conversation you talking about you know getting guys on campus and, and organizing those types of things stuff like that that's no longer in your purview because the other thing I remember from our conversation was uh, you talking about how the thing you're really passionate about is just geeking out over film you know what I mean yeah. and just just evaluating and stuff like that is it fair to say that in this new job you are having more time for the evaluation side and you're having to you are spending less time on the let's call it operations side of it is that a fair assessment of it complete fair assessment yes good job in your face one for one hmm. yeah. you got one Wait, <laughs> a blind she probably would have guessed it too yeah a blind squirrel but finds she, a nut every now and but then she's huh? not speaking into this microphone <laughs> um, okay so so then you get into the you get more into the evaluation is that you know you're still early days in your in your in your tenure here do you like your job i love my job do you like your gig this, this yeah. seems i mean this seems like it's it they, they kind of separated out the parts of the job that were part of the job and now you get to to focus more on the thing that you're you're super passionate about which is just watching huddle all day being a nerd yeah. is that, is, i mean <laughs> i think i've kind of got you pegged here yeah you got me pegged pretty well and then and then just in terms of making making the numbers make sense mm -hmm. and, and making sure we're bringing the right people. And, um, you know, half of it's the film, but half of it's like doing the research and making the calls and mm -hmm. getting to know the kid and talking to the kid and the coach. And, um, it's both information gathering and like actual evaluating talent. So, um, that's the thing that most people kind of forget or, or don't put as much, you know, attention to, but it's really a 50, 50 deal mm -hmm. as far as like your resource allocation. Alex Brown from SMU joining us here on Texas Football Today. You can get involved in the conversation, hashtag TFToday. Get questions in the comments if you've ever wanted to ask a uh, director of scouting uh, all about his job. Um, okay, let's talk about like recruiting philosophies. SMU and Rice are different schools. They are in different parts of the state. They have... SMU still got very high academic standards, but maybe not the rigorous academic standards that, that Rice has. Um what? How would you delineate between what is your recruiting philosophy now, maybe versus what you guys were doing at Rice? I, I, I'm not asking you to crap on it. No, 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 no. So like, it it is completely different. So like when you're dealing with the academic kind of rigor of Rice, your our main focus was okay. Every single you know, our phases. Mm -hmm. there, there are different levels of academic kids that come through from a profile standpoint. The upper echelon guys we need to know about every single one of those guys in the state of texas specifically houston but mm -hmm. the entire state of texas and we're going to take our shot at them you know whether they're three star four star we don't really care because in the same way that smu we're going to recruit every top end player in the dfw whether we sign them or not we're going to have that relationship built up for whether it's the back end or the front end okay yeah. um so that's the starting point and then you work your way out and with rice it's actually kind of like an awesome process because you get to just hey, I'm going to filter out all of the GPAs and all the test scores. And with 
COVID waivers now, mm -hmm. you know, not requiring tests, Rice pulled back on that too. So we were able to basically like, hey, I'm going to take every high academic kid from our really pipeline areas that we have the best relationships with, and that's going to comb my list. Mm -hmm. Whereas in SMU, it's like, I'm going to evaluate every Division One caliber football athlete in the DFW, and then I'm going to see what I'm missing in this class. And then I start to work my way out. And what naturally happens because of whether it's Coach Thibodeau being from Houston or Coach Nivar being from Houston or recruiting Central Texas, we're going to gather a lot more names as we go through that kind of sorting process. But really, we're able to kind of like dig the roots a little bit deeper mm -hmm. and work our way out from that standpoint. Uh, SMU is also a program that much more, I would say, than Rice uh, has leaned into the transfer portal. They've yes. gone in there, and that's kind of changed the game a little bit. Let's first talk a little bit about how the transfer portal has changed things, because it seems to me, you know, we, we I'm working on a piece right now for the magazine about just the, the state of recruiting across the state of Texas. Uh, it seems like there is a noticeable bite that the trans that the existence of the transfer portal has simply taken out of the number of high school kids that, that people are taking. Um, from your perspective... And you can just say everything, but how has the transfer portal changed your job? And and are you responsible for if a kid enters the portal from, you know, Harvard? I'm picking a name from a name at random. Are you responsible for for scouting them as well? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, I mean, that's a huge chunk of what your day looks like. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I've got a, an intern the assistant that Brian Filker goes through 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. and then I have another guy that comes in. Trey Quinn, former SMU receiver, mm -hmm. he's back to finish his degree, and he's interning with us. He's really good. He's really, really good. Does he, still uh, have any, does he have any eligibility left? No, he doesn't. He, he's, have he, you checked? Because there's a bunch of COVID stuff. No, so so he, he, was wondering, <laughs> he was wondering because he graduated or didn't graduate, uh, left for the NFL early, mm -hmm. might have one year left, get on the golf team. Um, I love it. No, so we're combing through the, the entries, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the waiver wire, and that's you know that component of it. But you also got to be ready for, in case a guy that isn't getting playing time at a higher level school that you know about have a lot of you know intel on how they were in high school or SMU is one of his top schools coming out. So it's a constant churn of both the guys entering and the guys that could be entering. So um, what it's done, I think, for the college side of it is now you're able to look at short-term needs, long-term needs in a much more professional standpoint. Mm -hmm. And in my world, in terms of like the personnel directors across the country, you have to be on top of your own roster because if you're not talking to someone else's and you have to know where these guys stack up versus the players that enter in the portal because grass isn't always green on the other side. Um, you wanna make sure that you're keeping those relationships within your building because why would I bring in a player if that's gonna lead to three others transferring out, mm -hmm. right? So those are the things you gotta weigh. And then on top of that, you know, it's not just I'm going to go in the portal and I'm going to find the best five at X position, because if the next five at that position are all seniors, I'm going to have to basically yeah. waste five more picks in next year's draft uh, draft class, yeah. signing class. So it's it's a game of like, OK, where are we at developmentally at each of these positions and how do we need to supplement? Do we need a older guy? Do we need a younger guy? And that kind of helps build your list you know it's funny you mentioned like the the draft part of it and i know you have some some history with the nfl and things like that on that side not only as the nfl liaison there for rice but also you work for nfl network at a time and stuff like that it's it strikes me that the transfer portal like high school recruiting is like the draft 
and the transfer portal is like making trades or like signing free agents and yep. things like that. And so it feels like it's given colleges a much more robust set of options to build their roster, similar to what you're seeing at, at, at the NFL level. I completely agree. And that's where like the staffing has to mm-hmm. change. And I think colleges are picking up on that, um, whether it's, you know, a scouting department and a recruiting department or a high school recruiting college mm-hmm. recruit whatever whatever you want to call it but at the end of the day you need people that can come through all these names because it's a lot um okay let's talk about the other thing that that everybody's talking about in the recruiting world which is nil yeah how much do you interface with that and how have you seen from your perch how have you seen that change the landscape of of recruiting because i know it was about um, probably 10 months ago that everybody around here was freaking out because of Quinn Ewers reclassifying yep. and things like that. I kind of told people, don't freak out. It's going to happen like twice a year and, you know, Texas high school ball will be fine. You don't have to worry about seeing your favorite team play on Friday night. But how have you, from your perch, seen NIL affect the recruiting world? It's First off, from a rule standpoint, I, I'm not allowed to have any interface right. with it. Um, so I don't. Um, the biggest thing that you're seeing is the market hasn't settled itself out yet. Oh, here we go. You be quiet. <laughs> oh, I know who that is, too. Um, this is a for, professional podcast, sir. Thanks I'm for gonna watching. I'm going to need all bones silenced. Go on. The, the market hasn't settled itself out yet, right? So Quinn Ewers gets the million-dollar deal, and then the unnamed player that mm-hmm. we all know who his name is gets mm-hmm. a 7 or $8 million deal. Um, so what does that actually mean, right? Like People are just seeing the big number and not realizing, hey, this is prorated. Hey, he's got to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, there's layers to it. So like at the end of the day, I think it's a, a positive move, but it's not ironed out. And right. that's where we're having you know, one kid that's at a certain talent level is making $8 million, and another kid who's just as good, maybe even isn't making anything, and mm-hmm. he already transferred to the other school. And he's like, crap, Like, did I mm-hmm. waste my opportunity? So I think it'll take like a year and a half for that to actually like sort itself out because, you know, like that's just how the market works. Like it's going to take time for people to see like, okay, you're willing to spend this and they're willing to spend that. And it's not even about buying players because that's not how the the system is built. It's built for, hey, this guy is a hot commodity at Champ Sporting Goods or Rally Mm -hmm. House or whatever it is. He should be able to like get a cut of that. Mm -hmm. He you know, is getting hit up for marketing deals or whatever, name, image, or likeness. So it's like, you know, if I'm able to go to a bigger school and get a better situation, why wouldn't a you know, kid be able to do the same thing if the market says that, right? From a, right. a capitalism standpoint, because that's, and so from, that's the country we live in. Right. So from your perspective, and I'm certainly not asking you to sign this with the, with the, the pony and, and things like that and say this is the official stance of SMU, but you, Alex Brown, view NIL as net positive. Got to figure some things out to to make things make things a little bit smoother. But overall, a net positive for 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 the sport and for players. Net positive. Uh, the education piece is the most important mm-hmm. thing. Of you know, don't sign a you know a five dollar deal that the guy's going to have the rights to your tweets for the next you know until whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, like you got to read like these contracts. I'll buy your tweets you for five bucks. I'll buy your tweets for five bucks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for thanks for giving me that idea. You're that's what we need to get into here, yeah. Dave Campbell. That's the next. That's the next. Stop. That seems like journalistic ethics. Just fantastic. I could just we did just have great. So we did have an idea. I'll just I'll just give out the idea because we're probably not going to do it. Um, 
we were going to I when NIL first started cooking, I was like, you know what? What if we went to all twelve FBS teams in Texas and we went to their deep snapper and we offered them like hundred like a hundred bucks each and we said we need you to just kind of tweet about Dave Campbell's to be like, you know, the official, the official, you know, publication of Texas long snappers, stuff like that. Feels like that's a that's a real market that's been, you know, underutilized. Uh, yeah, because, you know, everyone's already targeted kickers. Punters are people too. Right. Like Pat, Pat McAfee's really got that kind of market cornered. Like you go for long snappers. I know the deep snappers. Deep snappers are, I mean, first of all. They have long careers in the NFL, too. I mean, yeah. you know, J.P. Lattisor has been a Dallas Cowboy for 100 years. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So that's like a long-term I investment I was in high school here. when he was playing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. High ceiling, low floor. Um, okay, so you're back in Dallas. Um, you you told me in confidence um, that I'll not bring to the air that you guys have figured out a place to live. Uh, how's the housing market going? Uh, it's fine for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not buying. Okay, <laughs> got it. Okay. Um, are you... So then, you, you mentioned off the top that, that you were you were you were pleased to be back in Dallas and, and and things like that. Do you do you feel like you have, as a Dallas guy, do you feel like you've gotten back into the rhythm of the city, or has it has has it changed a lot since you were a young whippersnapper? It's nice to be able to go somewhere and not plug anything into ways. Mm, well, except here. Except here, yeah. Sort of better <laughs> that was cool. Our bad. <laughs> There's a little bit lack of humidity here too. Like that's got to be a, a change from Houston. No, no, it really is. Now, the one thing that was awful, uh, because I was training for the Houston half marathon, because I got into running mm. when COVID hit. Mm. And uh, <laughs> Houston, like there are no hills. It is yeah. below sea level. No. Uh, the, whole, the race might be one of the easier half marathons. And I'm like, okay, I'll ease into this. Not going to be a big deal. And I get the call from getting the SMU job. Mm-hmm. First official visits the weekend of the race. I'm like, golly, mm-hmm. all that like training, not going to get to run it. And my dad's like, well, the Cowtown's in a month. I'm like, okay, I probably run like four times in the last three yeah. weeks because, because we've <laughs> yeah. gone through four official visits and signing the class in less than a month. And uh, I mean, the the difference in the humidity is one thing, mm-hmm. but the hills and like well, you literally took a job different. at the hilltop. I mean, literally, it's a great point. It was, it was kind of written in the cards there. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I gotta tell you, man, between the whole waking up at four thirty thing and like I love running. Like I'm the, glad the, we're the, friends, but like we're not the, the same. The 430 <laughs> thing, like once I got up here, it has fallen way off. Okay, good. No, because, all right, because, welcome back. <laughs> because now I have one I, of us. I have, a, I have a commute now from yeah. Arlington because I'm staying with my folks now, uh, just until I mm-hmm. lock in that place. And I'm like, I'm getting every ounce of sleep right now. Yeah, that's uh, a smart move. Well, I'm just saying, it doesn't have to change. Oh, you it, can it, just, it, it will change. You can just keep closer. sleeping in. It will. Um, okay, you. Uh, when I was when I was texting with you earlier this week, you, you mentioned that you were on an official visit. Um, what you know, I don't want you to give away all this all the all the secrets for uh, for an SMU. You know, uh, somebody who's interested in SMU is going to do an official visit, but like, what's an official visit entail at SMU? What's uh, what's uh, what what do you get whenever you show up on campus? And Rhett Lashley, you know, I presume puts you on his shoulder and gives you a little gives you a little ride. So what was really cool about the official visits in the springtime right now is we're kind of transfer world. Like these are older guys. They know what they're, they know what they want. Mm. Right. So it's a lot more ball. Um, it's based around, obviously like we had a spring practice, spring scrimmage. So mm. it, we were able to kind of like funnel in both the ball side, but also getting around our players. Um, the main thing that, that we always try to focus on is like, 
we're going to win people with the people in our building and like the relationship mm -hmm. side. So like, I want to make sure that he's spending quality time with his position coach, with the head coach, with the coordinator, and most importantly with our players. Um, you got to get a taste of Dallas. So like Terry Black's on deep Ellums can't beat that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Del Frisco's isn't bad in uptown. Um, there, there's just so many different places that you can go to based on what the kid likes. Um, and that's like, for me to like other recruiting people, we always talk about like, you got to make it fit the player, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, it, you don't just do cookie cutter um, visits nowadays. Like it's just not how you do things. And with us being in Dallas in 30 mile radius, you can literally touch anything in this city, which is pretty cool. You guys have, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's because one of the things that you know under the previous regime there at SMU was really important was like we're gonna we're gonna draw a circle around DFW and that like we're gonna own we're gonna own that. Uh, my early you know my early thoughts on what we're seeing from Rhett Lashley and company is like, well that ain't gonna change. There're gonna be some things that you know are a little bit different, but like, is it still fair to say that 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 you're you're not gonna be doing a lot of flying? You're going to be doing a lot of driving. A lot of driving. Yeah, I yeah. figure. I figure that's the case. Like, and that's the the awesome part about this job versus any other job in the country mm -hmm. is, like, they did a really good job here. Like, the last two head coaches that have been mm -hmm. here did a great job of building this program up. And, like, we take a lot of pride in being Dallas's college football team. Mm -hmm. We're the only college football team mm -hmm. in Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. So... That's exactly right. Do we have any questions from the people? Michael? We sure do. Um, we talked about him in This Week in Recruiting last week, two weeks ago. But uh, people are wondering how you feel about Randy Reese, your recent your recent signee from Oak Cliff. Ooh, can you comment? I cannot comment. Ooh. Okay, that's, I, I didn't know. That's a question. He got caught. Well, we think he's pretty I, good. I, I so there's that. <laughs> yes, we are recruiting him. You okay. are recruiting that is, him. That is, that is, that is <laughs> the extent of my. I think. This and is, there's a checkbox. Let me let me draw a hard line between that we are presently not even sitting in the same room. So imagine that. <laughs> I think he's pretty good. Don't yeah. react. Don't react. Don't react. Don't react. I'm watching the par three content. Well, okay. There we go. I think, I think he's pretty good. Um. Okay. I have another question. We always ask everybody about food, and we kind of got into that a little bit. But where around the SMU campus would you recommend people going? Have you had a chance yeah, to do so that? If you're like, if you're coming to one of our morning practices mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. shugs has the best bagel sandwich ever like oh, okay. my first day on the job into my intern brad jones he's in law school he's like hey you got to have a shug okay. so it's really good really okay. good and then i mean i guess you're from arlington so where's the where's the go-to spot in oh arlington? it's el gabacho i'm oh. not there's no there, hesitation. <laughs> oh, wow. no hesitation all okay. right yeah. got it that's that's very good all right you've now been in the the college scouting game for seven seasons is that fair uh, this is going on eight. This is going on eight. Yeah. So you've got a long enough resume here that I want to know if there is a kid that immediately springs to mind that you missed on, that there is a kid that you watched his film and you were like, uh, I think I have an idea about what he is. But then, and it can even be a guy that you were like, we're going to take a flyer on him and he ended up being unbelievable. But is there a guy that you watched his film and you were like, okay you know you thought this and then it turned out that he was yeah significantly better yep. so peyton turner okay and, yeah and i actually really liked him but i didn't like him like roosevelt majit at the time uh was our ga mm -hmm. and we had lost a slew of commits because tom herman had just taken the texas job mm -hmm. and so we're kind of like keeping the walls in Derek parish who's doing an awesome job there like he was kind of the the ringleader of like hey guys don't leave let's stick together and um, Peyton was always on our radar. He tore his knee up his senior year, 
and he wasn't able to play half the season. Mm-hmm. But he had a lot of basketball tape. He's this long, six foot six, two hundred forty. I don't remember how big he was in high school, uh, but he was still like a developing body type. And the film, he's at Westside High School. He's not playing like high, high level six A ball, mm-hmm. and it was it was okay. It was it was solid. You could tell he was a hooper. Um, but Roosevelt Majit was like, dude, like we're gonna have a hard time finding this type of skill set prototype. I love the kid's work ethic, and so we bring him on an official visit. And at the time, we were like, well, he'll grow into being an offensive tackle, like cause mm. he's not super twitchy, like he's not this explosive, dynamic athlete. And his mom is like, she's awesome. She comes in, she's like, I want him to play defensive end. And she goes to the de- defensive coordinator, Mark D'Onofrio. It's me, AJ Blum. And we're sitting there at the hotel, and, and he's like, yeah, I think I kind of want him at the end. This mm-hmm. is on the official visit. <laughs> and uh, once Peyton heard that we wanted him at defensive end, he was all in, mm-hmm. signed the dotted line. He was actually deciding between basketball or, or football. Mm. And then you fast forward, he's recovering from that knee injury, shows up in fall camp, like six months, seven months post-op. He's backpedaling, like almost running over the guy you know, in front of him in line. Mm-hmm. You're like, holy cow, like, this guy's going to be able to play. Mm-hmm. And year one, he gets a pick, like the first snap he takes, um, you know, just really had the work ethic, had the tools and did way more than kind of I, I would have projected off the junior tape. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? So like that was a lesson where it's like, OK, if we're going to err on a projection, like we're going to go with like elite tools. Right. And, and the makeup. So, OK, something that drives me nuts. And I, I, I uh, well, this past weekend, I listened back to our conversation, which is why I remember it so vividly. But something that always drives me nuts about recruiting, and I've talked to our recruiting guys about this, mm-hmm. there are guys that I love that go out there and they play, they're unbelievable high school football players. They're putting up crazy numbers. And me, a recruiting dummy, a recruiting dummy, I look at that and I'm thinking, like, the name of the game is being good at football. Well, the fire alarms are going off. All right. It's a fire take. This is a fire take. Get ready. I'm hot takes only. I'm asking, like, (laughs) like, how much is, are there, does does that cross your mind? Like, whenever you look at the guys who are producing at that kind of level? Um, Because I look at it and I'm like, this kid, like, yeah, maybe he's two inches too short or something like that, right? And I I always say, if he had had two more inches, he'd be, you know, a four or five-star kid. How much does that play into it? Is... Is production in high school overrated? It depends. Okay. That's a so, very good. I, he threaded uh, that needle. <laughs> Elijah Chapman. Well, it's going off in our office, isn't it? Yeah. I know. The, so the, the Elijah, takes are too Elijah Chapman, number 40, yeah. for our defense. Like, if you just pull up the, the game film from last year, mm-hmm. who jumps out on tape? It's him. Like, he is yeah. unbelievably disruptive and explosive, and he's a problem to block. Yes. He's a problem to block at, at practice. Is he how you would draw up a nose tackle or a three tech? No, no. not at all. But that's where, from an explosiveness standpoint, from an athleticism standpoint, play strength, like the, the aspects of the position, he is so good in all these other categories, it compensates, right? So it's a sliding scale. And, like, the, the person that I would always point to is with the Raiders, Meek Robertson. He was yes. a Louisiana kid, came down to us in La Tech. He wanted to stay home. He had a kid. Um, but he was 5'8 and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Fresh, he's 5'8 and a half. But – he ran a 4-3 twice in camp and then locked down everybody that came in there. So um, I think it's case by case. Uh, it's hard to go with, you know, to overlook the measurables on the, the front from mm-hmm. a trench standpoint. 
in our level, like you can win with smaller guys at the skill positions if you have elite speed. But that's where like you've got to have what is your redeeming quality and is the film really special? Right. So it's got to be it's it's got to be if you don't have certain measurables, it can be overcome with another one, most notably speed. Right. Like yes. if you're if you're fast. That's just something you can't teach and and, and whatever. Yeah. Um, and then length. So it, like yeah. you you can have you can have a guy who's six feet tall, but he's got a six foot five wingspan. Yeah, and that makes a difference as an offensive defense defense alignment because yeah. The other the other conversation that I end up having with guys or like our recruiting guys is I'll say we'll see a kid who just unbelievable is out there putting up big time numbers, and I'll go, why is this guy getting more looks? And it always like not always, but there's oftentimes another story of like. There's a grades issue, or there's a character issue, or there's something something along the lines. And so I imagine that is another reason why perhaps the the game tape can be deceit for people who just follow high school football like I do. The game tape can be deceiving in the sense that you got to know the whole story behind the kid and not just wow he runs really fast and he catches really well. Correct. Yeah. And with the way the game has changed now, with there's a transfer market and there's a high school market. Mm-hmm. As SMU, like, we better make sure we're giving out, like, real offers. Like, at Rice, you better give out real offers. Like, that kid's going to get into school. Or at SMU, he's we, we, we want him. Mm-hmm. So that's where sometimes guys are getting slow, are slower to offer than others. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, somebody from out of state can come in and just chuck out 100 offers in the state of Texas. Well, they don't have to see, you know, Rodney Webb mm-hmm. at the Texas High School Coaches Clinic, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's my buddy. That's my friend. Like, I'm going to make sure that, you know, I, I just threw out his name. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying? Shout out Coach Webb. I, own, I actually owe him a phone call. Um, <laughs> okay. So then, and, and, and you, you mentioned the, like the relationship building and, and the things that, that, that you have to have not only within your, with with high school football coaches, but um, within the personnel world in college, it strikes me that it is simultaneously an, enormous world and also like there's only six of you guys like you guys are all like are you guys just on one big group chat uh and does one of them have an android oh that's the worst dude matt step matt step has an android yes he's the only one he's a green guy only one yeah yeah it's a tough scene but so so no um (laughs) brian spillbeller with tracking football has done a a really good job of kind of creating a, a community for mm-hmm. like all of us personnel guys. Um, it kind of, I wanted to be a part of that. And that's why I started the podcast. That's why I kind of branched out in that way because like you go on, you know, on my drive into work, I can pull up anything when it comes to college football, Texas football. I got it right here. Like I can pull up anything with MLB or the draft. There's really like at the time there wasn't much for, truly personnel in college football. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of recruiting coverage and you know guys at 24/7 rivals, all these different companies do a great job of covering it, but they're talking, you know, the five stars, Alabama, Ohio State, the things that the common football fan wants to know about. But for me, like as a young younger director at the time, mm-hmm. I was trying to get better at my craft. And so I'm like, all right, well nobody's talking about it. I'll just call the people that I want to learn from and bring them on my show. So, and so really the the podcast arose from really selfish means. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Same thing with this. Like this, you know, that's all it says. Um, okay, let's see if we can get you in trouble. Um, the, your boss, Red Lashley, like I said, we had him in here and, and seems like a great guy. Seems like a super cool guy. Do you have any dirt on Red Lashley? Hmm. 
don't yet. You don't. You don't. Have, there's. There's no. Like. There's nothing like he does. That's I feel like, like you got to give him at least a like season. Quirky. Anything that you're like, huh? That's. That's interesting. Any. Any idiosyncrasies. No. On a cool front, mm-hmm. um, we actually start off every single staff meeting with a devotional. And okay. So he makes oh, every nice. single staff member that sits in those meetings give a devotional. I'm like 27 on the list, which is great. I got time. Oh really? <laughs> I can procrastinate. Uh, oh, so it's like it's like everyone's on staff, oh, yeah. and it's like, all right, like we're starting at one, which is you know the office yeah. coordinator. Yeah, you know, we, we got a staff meeting at one thirty today, mm-hmm. and we'll go in, and you know, that's what'll be going down. Okay, that's interesting. Do you know what you're going to say yet? No. Okay, fantastic. So I I knew what I was saying uh, as the best man for my brother's wedding, uh, the afternoon before the wedding. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's very good. Um, yeah, I was the officiant for my brother's wedding, and. Um, like night of yeah i was just like all right we'll figure this thing out um it's from the heart that it is yeah. um yes pickle do you have any questions no nope. he, he has a 130 he has a 130 yeah i was thinking so say we gotta get, get this guy on the road um he's alex brown he is the director of scouting for smu first of all congratulations on the gig it's very it's very exciting and welcome thanks for back coming in. welcome back Absolutely. now you know where we are so yeah. if you ever just want to drop by and hang pickle will be watching golf and i will be ignoring it yeah, so it'll be great. So please come by. <laughs> now there's one last thing. Uh, this is Vince Young's 2001 Player of the Year trophy. Um, we've ended 1,362 shows by asking him to come get it. So I'll do the outro and then I'll ask you to ask Vince Young to get the Player of the Year trophy. Okay, sound good? That's gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. He's Alex Brown of SMU. Follow him on Twitter. What's your Twitter? Alex M underscore Brown. Oh, and uh, the, listen to uh, Up Close In Personnel, which is a frustratingly well-named podcast. <laughs> listen to that, too. Uh, for Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. I'm Alex Brown. And this, Vince Young, you are a childhood hero of pretty much everybody that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. So uh, you need to come get this. So okay. please and thank you. We'll see you tomorrow with Gabe Brooks, 247 Sports here on Text Football today. Mm-hmm.